Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sundays are for the birds. We're going to get started here and talk about the Rams this week. And we're going to really break down what happened in week one. Week one was a very, very disappointing week. And we saw that that offensive line without Lane Johnson was a very troublesome offensive line. Um, but the Rams had a great defensive game against the Cowboys, and that's going to be a very strong focus of this game this week. And I think that what we saw this week is a lot of worry about what's going to happen to Carson Wentz behind this line with Aaron Donald coming down on him. Uh, the best positive for the Eagles is that Lane Johnson is back. So I would anticipate that the line is going to perform a little better than last week because uh, having a veteran just on that right side of the line will help out tremendously. The other thing is we have Miles Sanders back in the backfield and one of the other struggles was blocking from the black, from the backfield. And a lot of the time, Boston Scott and Corey Clement couldn't pick up the, the compound block or uh, blitzes that were coming in at them. And they would just go out into the flat, go out on their routes and not chip block to give Carson those couple extra seconds to get the ball out. Now, Carson himself, he really needs to get rid of the ball faster. We saw terrible decisions by him to hold on to the ball for way too long. I'm really going to be looking for Carson to throw the ball very quick today. I said it last week that because of the offensive line, they had to get the ball out quick and they did the complete opposite and not get the ball out. But with that being said, we do have, like I said, Miles Sanders is back. And I think that's a big deal because this week what I did is I looked at what the Eagles do when they run the ball. And last week, they had a terrible pass to run ratio and they were in the lead for a quarter and a half. So having a terrible pass to run ratio is not a good sign, especially when your quarterback is struggling to get the ball out. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was when they had the lead, they still were passing the ball. I get that they wanted to really put the knife in the Washington football team, but sometimes you have to manage the clock and run that clock out with the ball. And also it helps you later to get those downfield throws. So I looked at a couple statistics about the way that the Eagles run the ball. So first, I know that this one's a little skeptical, but in all of their games since 2016, when they run the ball more than 40% of the time, they win 87% of the time. Now I get it, in the fourth quarter and you have the lead, you're gonna be running the ball a lot more. When they run less than 40% though, they only have a 25% win rate and same thing there. When you're down in the second half, you're gonna pass a lot more. So I get that. So I went a step further. In three quarters of game, if they run more than 40% of the time, it's a 68% win rate. When it's less than 40%, it's a 48% win rate. Now, okay, you go into half down 15, down 10, down 20, whatever it is, you're gonna come out running in the second half. So, okay, let's look at the first half. The full first half, it flips the other way. When they're running more than 40% of the time, they only win 58% of the games. And less than 40% of the time, they get 61%. Now, I have an explanation for that. When you get the ball at the end of the half, you throw the ball a little bit more because you wanna to try to score before halftime. So that could be the 3% difference there. But I went to the first quarter as well. When they start the game running 40% or more, they win 61% of the time. When they start the game running less than 40% of the time, they only win 53%. 53% still isn't a terrible win rate, but if you know that you start the games running 
and you win 61% of the time, why wouldn't you try to start every game that way? And to take that a little further, the Rams don't have a great win rate against teams that run the ball. So they need to run that ball at the beginning of this game. Now I went a little bit further with this too. Instead, what I did is instead of looking at the win rate based on the percentage of runs, I went to all the games that they won and what they did by each quarter. So in the games that they won, the first quarter, they ran the ball 49% of the time across all of the games that they won, 49% of the time. In the games that they lost, 39% of the time in the first quarter. So again, come out running, doesn't have to be more than 50%, but get that 60-40 split and you're gonna set yourself up for success for the rest of the game. Now in the second quarter, again, in all the games they won, 44% of the time they ran the ball. In the games that they lost, only 35%. In the third quarter, 42% and 29%. In the fourth quarter, which again, this quarter doesn't matter as much, but it's still telling in the games that they won, 47% of the time they ran the ball, 26% of them they pat or 26% of the times on the games they lost. So 47% for wins, 26% for losses. It's a clear trend. I get when you're behind going to you're going to run the ball less. So I get that aspect of it. But what is really telling to me is those first two quarters, 49% versus 39%, 44% versus 35%. In the first quarter, we're going to find out if they're going to win this game. I am looking at that statistic hardcore. I am going to be looking at how many touches the ball in this first and second quarter. I don't care what the score is. I'm looking at that and that is going to tell me if they win the game. Now with injuries this week, we have Derek Barnett, um, he's still questionable. We have Brandon Graham questionable. But again, Lane Johnson's back. We got everybody else back except for Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey's the only out player for this week. Um, Jason Peters was on the injury report. It was rest um, and a little bit of a knee issue. Deshaun Jackson was on there for a little bit. It was rest. And then Fletcher Cox was on there. It was also for rest. Now, I don't love the idea of resting players in week two for practice. I don't really love that, especially after a loss. So that I didn't really love, but I get why a player like Fletcher Cox and Deshaun Jackson were taking rest for a couple of days. They're older. They don't necessarily need practice as much as a rookie like Jalen Rager, but I just don't love after a loss they get to do that because especially Fletcher Cox, I don't think that he performed extremely well that he deserved it. He didn't do anything poorly, but he didn't do anything to deserve it. And who knows, maybe Deshaun Jackson was kind of to keep him out of the spotlight for a little bit because of the controversy of how many snaps he got which that's another thing. This week, we need to get Deshaun Jackson on the field. I mean, I love Jalen Rager. I think he's a really great fit for this team and for Carson Wentz, but I don't think that that means replace him with Deshaun Jackson or replace Deshaun Jackson. They should be on the field together. They need to run down the field together. And then we'll really see this offense stretch out. Zach Ertz underneath then, Dallas Goddard underneath then is going to really open up. If you have two streaming receivers, even in trips or on a twins on the left or right side. We, we can really see a extended offense if you get both Jalen and Deshaun on this field. So I wanna see that more often this week. But the good news is our injuries are better. The Rams really don't have much of an injury report. Uh, their tight end, Gerald Everett is questionable. Other than that, they're all playing and they're coming off a week where well, last two weeks, they signed Cooper Cup and they signed Robert Woods to extended contracts. So these guys are going to be pumped up. And I fully anticipate they're going to come out throwing because they're going to want to show why they signed these guys. And I hope the secondary is ready. We are fully healthy in the secondary and outside of Will Parks. He's on the IR still. 
Uh, and we should see a similar game in the secondary to last week. Uh, there's a couple more targets from the Rams, but I think that we can manage that with the rush. I don't know if their offensive line is as good as Washington's offensive line. Um, not that Washington's offensive line did stellar, but they did um, they did hold us up a little bit and we didn't get the Dwayne Haskins as much as we could have. So the other thing is Jared Goff stays in the pocket a little bit. So I think that we'll be able to see a little bit more of a rush take advantage. I don't think they need to blitz because actually Jared Goff does very well against the blitz. Uh, he, he completes more passes when blitzes are coming at him than when they aren't. So I think the four-man rush should be enough with surprise blitzes here and there, but I wouldn't over blitz, especially Jim Schwartz. I don't ex expect him to really blitz because that's not part of his game plan. But the way that I see this game going is, um, again, a slow start. I, I, I didn't anticipate the 17 point lead last week, but I think this is gonna be a slow start. We're not going to see them dropping back for the deep passes because of what happened last week. If, if they do that at the beginning of the game, that is just malpractice. The same malpractice that they had for not having the offensive line ready to go for week one. Um, they need to really protect Carson Wentz here. And to do that, they have to run early. I'm going to expect running early. That doesn't mean that they're not going to score early, but I just don't ex expect it to be high paced down the field passing. I think that the Eagles will score early and that will help ease everybody's tension. I, I love that um, the Eagles are at home for this game. I really wish that the fans were there because that gives them that bigger home field advantage. But I think being at home again now and settling in and really not having to worry about the travel and, and all that, I think that will help with this game. I anticipate that the defense is going to hold Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup under control. I don't expect them to have a huge game. I'm actually more worried about Malcolm Brown. Even though the Eagles have a good run defense, Malcolm Brown actually had a great week one, and I think he could do it again this week. So that's who I'm paying attention to, but don't forget about those receivers. The receivers are good. So I really think that all over, even the depth at running back for the Rams is kind of impressive. They have Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers. I mean, they can't go wrong there. When one gets tired, pull the other in, and they're, they're going to be running all day and that's going to be a challenge but we have the defensive front that can rotate in i think it'll be one of those games where a lot of rotation is going to happen on the defensive front and the good news about that is when jim schwartz does that that's when the defense does even better so i'd love to see the rotations coming that nascar front um, and hopefully Derek barnett can play and brandon graham that's gonna that's the part that's really worrying me about these running backs is if they don't if both of them don't play we're gonna have a little bit of a problem on the run game but if they don't, we'll we'll have um, we'll have to figure it out. And I think I think the center of the defensive line will hold it in. And yeah, so I, I'm anticipating a relatively low scoring game. I think it will be 21 to 17. The Eagles at the end. The Eagles are going to pull this out. I see a touchdown from Goddard again and a touchdown to um, Miles Sanders, both passing and rushing. I think Miles is going to have two and Dallas Goddard is going to have one. The defense for the Rams, it matches up well for Miles Sanders to be really uh, open in the flat to really get those screen passes going. So I'm going to be looking for a lot of screens, keep that keep that uh, ball out quick. And then I hope that they extend the pocket this week. The biggest problem last week was Carson Wentz was sitting in the pocket waiting for the pressure to come down on them. And I think that that was what really made them struggle the most. So with all that said, I, I don't think that we have much to worry about. It was week one and 
We had a depleted offensive line. I don't want to, as a fan, panic yet, but this is somewhat of a must-win game. If they lose this game, I'm a little worried about the rest of this season. If they lose this game, the season's not necessarily over, but it doesn't give much promise for the games when they play the Saints and when they play the tougher opponents like San Francisco. Los Angeles is a good team, but it, they're a beatable team. They're not someone that we should be scared to play. And the Rams themselves do have a little bit of a worry for us because Carson Wentz did get injured against the Rams and ever since then he hasn't been the same. So what I'm looking for is Carson to get over that hump and get back to that was before his injury against the Rams. If you remember, he got that touchdown pass after his injury. And that was the last time that I think the entire fan base was behind Carson Wentz. So I'd love to see today Carson Wentz come out and do something that gets the whole fan base behind him again. Because like I said, the Rams are a good team. And if he pulls this victory off, it could be his biggest victory in a while. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm going to be excited to watch out for what he does today. Around the rest of the NFL, we, we had a couple interesting games. We had the on Thursday night, it was, I thought it was going to be a boring game. I was wrong. It was actually high scoring. And the Bengals didn't quite pull it out. I, I had them as a lock of the week straight up. I thought they would do fine and actually beat Cleveland. But they did cover. So I'm not going to take credit for the pick. But it it is picking against the spread. Technically, I did pick them. But I said, I said outright, so I'm not going to take credit for that one. Uh, my, the rest of my locks this week, I, I think that Chicago is a is a uh, guaranteed win against the Giants. But against the spread, 5.5, I think that they can do that. It's really going to come down to what Saquon does again. And last week, he did absolutely nothing. The Chicago Bears don't have as good of a... Uh, they don't have as good of a front as the Pittsburgh Steelers do, but they're still a pretty good defense. They blitz a lot, and I think that that could be trouble for Saquon Barkley with that line. Not because of Saquon Barkley, but because... That line just can't stop anybody. So I'm really thinking that the Bears can cover five and a half points. And that's even with Mitch Trubisky not being my favorite quarterback. But I, I just think that the Giants did not, they were the only team that looked worse than the Eagles as far as an offensive line in week one. And then my other lock of the week is Jacksonville. They were plus nine when I made the pick. I think it's up to 10 and a half now. But against Tennessee, I think Tennessee is a good team as well. But I just don't see them winning by two possessions. I think that that's a lot for Tennessee to beat Jacksonville by. Jacksonville is actually an okay team, surprisingly. And I'm looking for Gardner Minshew to have another performance. It's it's a lot like when Ryan Fitzpatrick had those couple games in a row where he had Fitzmagic. But um, I think he could do the same thing here in 2020. He had a couple games where he had a streak of great performances in 2019 as well. So I see Gardner Minshew doing that again, but the nothing is in my favor on that pick. But I just, it's, when I saw that line, it just stuck out to me. And I, I think that that is going to happen. And then my survivor pick this week was Tampa Bay. I think that Tom Brady cannot lose two weeks in a row. It's just not gonna happen in a new team. He's just not gonna lose two weeks in a row. Um, and I was going back and forth between Tennessee, or um, sorry, Chicago and Tampa Bay. And I think that my wife is who actually put me over the edge here. I said to her, Chicago or Tampa Bay? And she said, Tampa Bay. But that's coming from somebody who doesn't know anything about football. So the reasoning she said then though is that Tom Brady wouldn't lose two games in a row. And my reaction was, she must know something about football if she realized that. Because Tom Brady doesn't lose two games in a row. And I don't think it's going to happen this week against the um, 
Um, I don't even know who they're playing now. They're playing the Carolina Panthers. And Tyrod Taylor, or sorry, uh, Carolina Panthers without Cam Newton is a different team. They're okay, but I don't think on the road against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, they're going to win. <clears throat> so then my fantasy football lineup for Daily Fantasy, I picked Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback, Naomi Hines as my running back, and Alvin Kamara. I have Adam Thielen and Amari Cooper and Sammy Watkins as my wide receivers. Jonu Smith as my tight end. Robbie Anderson in my flex. And Cincinnati was my defense. Um, that defense didn't really work out as I expected. But all of this will be posted on fromafanpod.com every week. And I'm going to do these picks every week. I'm going to follow it through the year and see how I do against the spread, against straight up, and with my fantasy lineup against the optimal fantasy lineup. And that'll be using DraftKings. So... That's around the NFL. I, I really think that the week two is kind of a prove it week for the Eagles. I, I really want Carson Wentz to prove something. I really want the defense to step up in the red zone, especially they struggled in the red zone last week. Not completely their fault. They played on short field for half of the game. So I, I really want to limit numbers. I want to see the defense step up in the red zone and I want to see the ball get out quickly on the offensive side of the ball. Now, another thing that I want to note is the Eagles are home today. There's no tailgating. Uh, no fans. Home field advantage has been not an advantage this year so far. I looked at the statistics and the home teams are eight and eight against, or eight and eight straight up as a home team. So there is no advantage right now. They're 500. It's only one week, but that's a very low win rate in my opinion. And even the favorites, there were nine teams favored and only five of those teams won. And then underdogs, three teams actually won as underdogs as a home team. So that's the only shining hope of home field advantage. Maybe maybe there's something to say about underdogs at home. Maybe you have an advantage when you're an underdog at home, which today the Eagles are in a pick'em or plus one. It depends on where you're looking. So technically they could be an underdog at home. And right now the win percentage for a for a underdog is um, is three and four. That's the win rate. And a favorite is five and four. So both aren't terrible records, but if you're a favorite, you should win more, a little bit more than just 50% of the time. And then as a home team, I think you should win more than 50% of the time. So I'm really going to be looking at that throughout the year. I think that it's disappointing that fans aren't going to be in stadiums across the NFL. Some stadiums are going to probably start it at some point. Others will not. But so it'll be a little bit harder to track there, but it actually might be even easier to narrow down if the fans do provide a home field advantage. So that might be a good case study for the season if there are fans in some stadiums and not in others. But I did find that interesting. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. Um, yeah. And the matchup I'm really looking for today is Jalen Ramsey against the wide receivers of the Eagles. I think that we might be able to prove why we didn't try to get him or didn't successfully get him and why the Rams might have overpaid for him. I think he's a good cornerback, but I think we made the right move getting Darius Slay instead. And it'll be really interesting to see which one performs better because both of them are going up against speed receivers and receivers that can go up and get the ball. So I'm really looking forward to the wide receiver versus cornerback matchups. But like I said, week two, we're here. It's ready to go. We're a couple hours from kickoff. The team looks healthier than last week. I'm expecting a better game. And I really think that the Eagles are going to pull this out 21 to 17. And we're going to see Carson Wentz settle in in this offense. Miles Sanders is back and that's going to be a big part of it. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed Sundays are for the birds. We're going to do this every week between 10 and 11 o'clock. I'll come on and be live. And I'm going to talk about the game of the week. I'm going to talk about around the NFL like I did today. I'm going to give my picks 
and I'm going to just do this every week. So just follow me on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to me on Spotify. All my podcasts are posted there. I'm going to put content on from a fan pod every week and from a and then I'll be tweeting out during the game. So make sure you follow me on Twitter too. It's all at, it's from a fan pod on all the platforms. So look for it. Tweet me, call me out on the things that I'm wrong about. Praise me for the things that I'm right about. Do whatever you want. I want to hear from you. It's from a fan's perspective. I want to hear from all the fans. So please keep listening. Keep watching the birds. Thanks for listening to From a Fan's Perspective. Sundays are for the birds. As always, go birds. Let's beat those Rams.